Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney. We're back for another Friday edition of the podcast. How are you guys? Doing great. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say two things. I know I always say something super random at the beginning of the show. Number one, I don't usually like publish, like publicize our sponsors, but like I'm used to wearing gas station sunglasses, right? Or like the $10 specials from, from Walmart or, or something. Yeah. Oakley being such a great sponsor, I was like, I got to try them out, right? See see what all, all this is about. And uh Whoa, you you know, I, maybe some of the listeners know I moved to Southern California. Now my commute is really long. Sunglasses, a absolute necessity. It's like seeing an HD, like so great. And just trying to get free sunglasses from Oakley. I, am, <laughs> I mean, if they want to send them to me, that would be awesome because I'm using the living daylights out of the ones that I paid for. Awesome. Uh, the other thing, some breaking news here. I have an insider who tells me that they spoke to the man, Lucas Van Ness, who signed his rookie deal earlier this week, about nicknames, and he was not aware of the LVN thing, and I'm not sure he's such a big fan, which seems silly, right? You would think, like, this is kind of a thing that we do with all Packers players that have yeah, uh, three initials, but uh, no, maybe not a big LVN fan, so we we may have to go with Hercules or something. Well, we need it. Like, Twitter necessitates these kind of abbreviations. We don't have yeah. all day to type this stuff out. We don't have to listen to what players want. Yeah, and especially when you have a K in the middle of your name and it's Lucas, like, I feel like you have to give us a little bit of grace. Like, we can do some weird things with your name. <laughs> Maggie, how are you doing? I don't know what to say. This is 
We're off the rails. We've talked sunglasses. I need to know, Andrew, do you have the frog skin ones? Because I am the person who doesn't know what frog skin means. Like, I've never thought about having sunglasses that are frog skin. And Andy keeps talking about frog skin sunglasses, and I have no idea what that means. They're they're not, but um, I, I do find that they work so much better than what I was wearing. Like, I just had no idea. I'm, I lose my sunglasses like every five minutes, so maybe if I can invest in some Oakleys, maybe that will solve my problem. Of, you of, get a nice case, right? Yeah. And then you know where you put yeah. them. Yeah. You're just bragging that you have sun in California. <laughs> get us out of this. <laughs> Help us. Um, my seven-month-old loses his sunglasses all the time, so Kyle, you guys are basically the same. Maybe they can send me some baby Oakleys. You buy your seven-month-old sunglasses? Yes, to protect his eyesight when it's sunny oh. out. The three yeah, days a year in Wisconsin, you it's can't sunny out. can't get the out. cheap ones, which was the whole point of this conversation. <laughs> my Thank kids you. are going to be so blind. <laughs> I don't know how many times my kids have worn sunglasses, and my oldest is seven, so he's probably going to be like blind like a bat. So this is what we've learned today. Oakley, you should send Andrew a pair of uh, Oakley sunglasses to his California dress. You should also send me children's size sunglasses to michigan <laughs> this, this is where we are um should we talk about something on our our, our show For the three <laughs> listeners that didn't just completely <laughs> turn not, off they're the all show. gone they're all gone um is, was that consensus we're moving yes, on. yes please yeah, okay yeah, absolutely thank goodness okay today's episode we're back to continue our current series and we're talking about not what the Packers did this offseason, but what their upcoming 2023 opponents did over the course of the offseason. We're ready uh, to move on a little bit, but we talked about their seven opponents uh, to start the season. We've put the NFC North under the microscope as well as four other teams. So if you've missed those conversations, go back and catch those. But we're ready to move on today and talk about the free agent additions, subtractions, the draft picks, and other offseason moves of two other teams we're talking about the la rams and the pittsburgh steelers today yeah absolutely and so the packers do play the la rams in green bay week nine on sunday november 5th that's a noon central time kickoff uh and if you want to take a look at a game that the packers should be favored in uh look no further than week nine against the rams yeah, so their coaching staff, obviously, you have head coach Sean McVay, defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, and then new offensive coordinator Michael Floor, the brand new addition after he parted ways, or the Jets, I guess, parted ways with him this past offseason. I'm currently Googling to see how many babies actually wear sunglasses, so I'm a little <laughs> bit distracted. But we do need to talk about the free agent additions for the L.A. Rams. Uh, which is a short list, luckily, so I was able to buy a little time to look at sunglasses. Wide receiver Demarcus Robinson is joining them, as well as quarterback Brett Ripien is also there joining them. Ripien? How do you say that? It's Ripien. Kyle, are you not old enough to remember his uncle Mark Ripien with the no. Washington football team? No, I am. I, I don't know how much older than you are or when you started <laughs> watching football, but Ripien, apparently there is no multiple sounds with the i and the e i'm learning this if i'm wrong so it looks it's like just it should ripen. be ripen honestly just ripen that out like there. a tomato That's what it looks like right it. brett ripen 
you told me that you you got into football as a Buffalo Bills fan. So those of us that were Bills fans yeah. when we were little kids, because the Packers were terrible, remember the Washington <laughs> footballers beating the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, led by Mark Rippon. Anyways, <laughs> the L.A. Rams <laughs> this year, they didn't do a whole lot of re-signing. Uh, they re-signed a defensive lineman, Marquise Copeland, and then also a guard named Coleman Shelton. I don't know who Coleman Shelton is. I just put him on here because there was literally no other re-signings. Probably wear sunglasses, though. <laughs> I was going to say I'm looking for pictures of my child in sunglasses to send <laughs> to Kyle. All right, free agency losses for the Rams. There were, honestly, this is a pretty long list, guys, so buckle up. Kicker Matt Gay went to the Colts. Odell Beckham Jr., significant, obviously, went to Baltimore. Edge Leonard Floyd, a big one, went to Buffalo. Linebacker Bobby Wagner went to the Seahawks. Um, nice little return for him. Defensive lineman Ashawn Robinson went to the Giants. Quarterback Baker Mayfield to the Bucks. Uh, punter Riley Dixon went to Denver. Defensive lineman Greg Gaines to Tampa Bay. Safety Taylor Rapp to Buffalo. Guard David Edwards to Buffalo. Corner David Long to Vegas. Wide receiver Brandon Powell to Minnesota. And then they traded, of course, probably most notably, Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. So quite a few players on their way out of L.A. Yeah, so we talked about there weren't a lot of players coming in through free agency and a whole heck of a lot of talent walked out the door. That's one of the results of the uh, forget them picks mentality that the Rams have had over the last several seasons, sort of trying to go all in post Super Bowl last year, which didn't work. But you can't really blame them for doing that. But it has left them in a really unsavory cap situation and not having a lot of draft resources. But Oh my goodness, did they try to make up for it with quantity over quality. Uh, their first pick was 36 overall uh, in the second round, and they drafted offensive lineman Steve Avila from TCU. And then in the third round, they get Byron Young, the one from Tennessee, not the one from Alabama, the edge rusher. Uh, also in the third round, defensive lineman Wake, uh, from Wake Forest, Kobe Turner. In the fourth, they get Stetson Bennett, the quarterback from Georgia, uh, who was born in 1946. Uh, Nick Hampton, <laughs> the edge from Appalachian State in the fifth round. Also, uh, offensive lineman Warren McClendon from Georgia. Davis Allen, the tight end from Clemson. And Puka Nakua, personal favorite of mine, the wide receiver from BYU. In the sixth round, they took Travius Hodges Tomlinson, too many syllables for me, Uh, the cornerback out of TCU, O'Shawn Mathis, the edge out of Nebraska, and Zach Evans, the running back out of Ole Miss. In the seventh round, three more picks, Ethan Evans, the punter out of Wingate, Jason Taylor, the safety out of Oklahoma State, and Deswan Johnson, the defense lineman out of Toledo. I will now take a breath. I was going to say, they lost ton of players in free agency. So having those 14 picks, despite no first round pick, was a nice way to kind of build up some of that roster depth that they were sorely lacking. I think there's some names to like on this list, you know, for sure. Jason Taylor in the seventh, I thought was a sneaky good pick. I liked him at safety. Um, and then Dejuan Johnson as Mr. Irrelevant, if I remember correctly, the last pick of the draft. I was hoping that the Packers would sign him as an undrafted free agent if he made it that far. So instead he lands with L.A. Yeah, when you went all in on the vets for so many years to win a championship like the Rams did, eventually you do have to flip the script and get young again. It feels like that process has begun here uh, for L.A., so having the 14 picks is huge. 
that's very valuable for that approach to fixing a roster. That said, as Andrew kind of said, I'm underwhelmed with the talent that they did come away with here. I think Steve Avila uh, could be a really good player, but taking an interior offensive line with your first pick when you don't have a first-round pick and when you have roster holes just about everywhere is a really interesting process. I think players like Puka Nakua and Zach Evans could certainly outplay their draft position and be really good players. But at the same time, they reach for someone like Stetson Bennett in the fourth round who has notable maturity issues. I just wasn't super impressed with how the Rams chose to invest their resources when they had so many. And maybe they should have just continued that tradition of forgetting their picks, as Andrew so eloquently put uh, for us earlier. Yeah, so I got the giggles before the show started trying to go through the Rams depth chart seriously, so I hope that doesn't continue, but I do apologize to all the listeners because that is certainly carried over into the beginning of the show. Uh, So the Rams, Matt Stafford should be back at quarterback this year with Stetson Bennett and Brett Rippin backing him up. Uh, And then at running back, Cam Akers uh, back again. We'll see how much the Rams really appreciate him. Kyron Williams, the backup, and then Sony Michelle still hanging around. Uh, At wide receiver, of course, Cooper Cup coming back off of injury is the headliner here. Uh, But then the other starters kind of underwhelming. Ben Skoranek, Van Jefferson. We'll see if he can take a jump. Uh, Some depth there. Demarcus Robinson, the free agent we talked about. Puka Nakula, the rookie. Uh, And then Tutu Atwell trying to get his his career on track a little bit. At tight end, Tyler Higby, who looked really good at times. backed up by Hunter Long, kind of block first tight end. And then across the offensive line, Joe Noteboom. The Rams certainly looking to get more out of him at left tackle after giving him a really, really big uh, salary. Last offseason, Steve Avila, the previously mentioned rookie, starting at left guard, Brian Allen at center, Logan Bruss at right guard, and Rob Havenstein at right tackle, both former Wisconsin Badgers on the right side of the line. I'm currently looking at a picture of Vinny in sunglasses (laughs) from Maggie in our Slack. So I've decided I'm giving up on wearing sunglasses because I'll never look as cool as Vinny. That's what we've learned. But now I need to to dig for pictures of my kids in sunglasses so I don't feel like a terrible dad (laughs) to prove that they at some point have protected their eyes. Uh, But back to the Rams. uh, Speaking of protect your eyes, the Rams offense. (laughs) Oh, this is scary stuff, man. They're going to start some people from this this roster this season. And if anybody gets hurt, it's going to be wild. It's going to be right. The offense, honestly, is really interesting. There's no Odell. There's no Allen Robinson. Obviously, Robert Woods is a few years departed. It's going to be really interesting to see what pass catchers outside of Cooper Cup emerge for Matt Stafford. Can Van Jefferson take a step forward and become more than... Uh, he's kind of been that deep threat extra receiver that they've had a big role for at times, but can he become more of a complete receiver? Can Puka Nakua shine as a rookie? That seems like a tall test. I don't really know if that's going to happen, but I think that there's a chance that this is a really run-heavy team in 2023, especially if Cam Akers can be healthy. I think they'll try to take some pressure off the passing game and try to create some offense off of play action. But obviously that all hinges on someone like Cam Akers returning to form and being able to carry the rock. Otherwise, they've got Kyron Williams back there and Sony Michelle. So even at a position where maybe you are able to like pivot your offensive production, there's not a lot of depth there and a lot of hope that you can even do that. So I'm going to be really interested to see where they generate offense with this roster. Yeah, and it doesn't get a lot prettier moving over to the defense. Of course, this defense is led by Aaron Donald. 
uh, still around. Uh, but what is surrounding him, maybe not so impressive. Across the defensive line, the projected starters, Bobby Brown the third. Not that Bobby Brown. Uh, Marquise Copeland, Ernest Brown the fourth as a backup. Jonah Williams, not the offensive lineman for the Bengals. Different Jonah Williams. Uh, yeah, I don't know who some of these players are, uh, which is concerning. And then at edge, they have Michael Hoyt listed as a starter. I I think he's 320 pounds and they have him listed as a starting edge. Uh, they have Byron Young, the rookie, and then a bunch of backups you never heard of linebacker in the middle, Ernest Jones, uh, who is, uh, going into, I believe his third year. And then Christian Roseboom, who I am not familiar with, uh, at corner, you have Darian Kendrick, uh, who had a really nice year last year, Robert Rochelle, the second or third year player. Uh, and then Kobe Durant as a nickel and some backups, Trivet. Travius Hodges Tomlinson. I'm going to get that right one of these times. Don't uh, you know rookie. his dad? Don't you remember when his dad played in the NFL? <laughs> <Am> I... <laughs> yeah. Is uh, is a rookie. Other than that, uh, we have somebody named Sean Jolly. Ty Marcus Davis. These, these are players that may be suiting <laughs> up for the Rams. Uh, at safety, you have Jordan Fuller, who is coming off of a couple of nice seasons. And then somebody named Russ Yeast is projected as the starting safety opposite of him, a seventh-round pick from last year, uh, and some uh, backups that I am not too familiar with other than Jason Taylor, the aforementioned rookie. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, so reading through this initially, this depth chart, I wanted to know how they have a note boom at left tackle and a rose boom on defense. That's how do you have two people with boom in their last name on the same roster? That sounds like Madden creative player names. Like that's <laughs> phenomenal. But yeah, the defense definitely looks different this year. Um, obviously, like you said, Aaron Donald, the headliner, but losing Leonard Floyd, losing Bobby Wagner, that stuff really hurts. Floyd led the team in sacks. Wagner was second on the team. And I know that obviously Aaron Donald was injured for part of the season, but still there's no Jalen Ramsey or Taylor Rapp in that secondary. Um, they combined for 24 pass breakups between the two of them. So that's a tough loss. Um, Kobe Durant, I thought, had a nice season um, his second year with the team. Um, Russ East, I have a joke here about rising to the occasion uh, as a starter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that unit was first in red zone defense last year and 21st in points against. So not seeing a repeat performance out of this roster. So, Kyle, what do you think of the roster? I found a picture of my son in sunglasses. <laughs> also, like really also dramatic. A, uh, a picture with him in 3D glasses at a movie theater, which kind of counts, but I'm still digging. Um, yeah, the Rams are a fascinating – they're in a situation that's interesting because they're in a desperate need of a re- rebuild for sure. But they have players like Stafford and Cup and Aaron Donald who don't – they don't have time for a full rebuild, right? but they don't really have the roster to realistically compete. Like we're laughing at it, not because we're trying to be jerks, but like, this is just the reality of the situation. They're pretty easily the third best team in their own division. And that's really only because the Cardinals are an absolute mess. Otherwise they might even, you know, drift to the kind of that, that fourth slot in the division. Uh, McVay seemingly has buy-in from these guys though, right? Like Stafford and Donald keeping them around and away from retirement. There's some belief here in, in continuing this. So I think the team is better than they were last year, but I just think that the roster is too shallow to expect anything more than a 500 football team in 2023. And after going through this, that feels really generous. Yeah, Caleb Williams is going to be suiting up in L.A. this year for USC. And uh, I do think that the two teams you mentioned in the NFC West, the Rams and the Cardinals, might be in a race for Caleb Williams uh, staying on the West Coast next year. Like, overall, this is a bad roster. And and I think, you know, in, in some sense, I think the Rams have to be okay with that. Maybe Sean McVay is not. Right. You're, you're trying to win no matter what. But um, even though they have a few valuable pieces, like none of them can be moved. Matt Stafford's contract is unmovable this season. So is Aaron Donald's. Um, so they'll probably use this year to assess the, you know, a million or so young players that they have on the roster and then just figure out who's going to stick going forward. They're likely in year one of a three-year rebuild. So any level of competitiveness this year is an added bonus. And then, you know, you just look to the future. Um, I would like the record to show that Kyle did send a picture of his son wearing sunglasses. So we do have that. Uh, <laughs> don't call CPS. <laughs> he's uh, He's got the eyes covered. But, yeah, I mean, Thank looking you. at this roster, it uh, it's definitely hard to have expectations, right? I mean, even with Stafford Cup, Donald back, full strengths. I mean, it's a it's a good thing that they got their rings when they did. Um, this is a very much a middle-of-the-road kind of roster. Um, but I think, excitingly, the Rams actually have a first-round pick in 2024. So, you know, that'd be the, I, which seems baffling that this would be their first first-round selection since 2016. Um, but they probably have a pretty high pick to look forward to, which should be fun for their fans. 
And that pick in 2016 was Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Wow. Uh, so the the Packers play the Steelers in Pittsburgh in Week 10 on Sunday, November 12th. That is also a noon Central Time kickoff, and the Steelers will be led, as always, by head coach Mike Tomlin. Um, and then their coordinators stay the same this year. Defensive coordinator Terrell Austin, who is a really fantastic coach there. Um, and then also maybe a little bit more controversial offensive coordinator Matt Canada is back despite being a really highly criticized coordinator most of last season. So the Steelers doing very Steelers things and keeping things as consistent as they possibly can. The free agency addition here for the, the Steelers is really interesting. They have made additions at guard with Isaac Siamalo. Siamalo. From Philly, uh, the linebacker Cole Holcomb. I really expected Andrew to be critical of the way I said that. That's why I paused. I was just giving you that opportunity. Uh, Cole Holcomb comes over from the Washington Footballers. We can call them by the real team name now, Andrew. The Commanders. Uh, cornerback Patrick Peterson. Guard Nate Herbig. Linebacker Landon Roberts comes over from Miami. Safety Keanu Neal from Tampa Bay. Edge Marcus Golden. Cornerback Chandon Sullivan from the Minnesota Vikings via way of the Green Bay Packers. Offensive tackle, the Raven Clark from Tennessee. Linebacker Tanner Muse from Seattle. And linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski from the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and then they had a couple re-signings here. Um, defensive lineman Larry Ogunjobi kind of headlines this one. Um, and then safety, DeMonte Kazi, a quarterback, Mason Rudolph, and wide receiver, Miles Boykin, back as well. Yeah, so a ton of additions and resignings and their free agents loss free agency losses, excuse me, um, far less impactful. There were a lot of lower level ones, but this the, their losses are really headlined by linebacker Devin Bush going to Seattle, which probably doesn't seem like a huge loss to the team because he never really lived up to his high first-round pick billing. Safety Terrell Edmonds heads to Philly, and then cornerback Cameron Sutton, who we've talked about quite a bit this offseason, heading to Detroit. Yeah, so then they only had seven picks in this year's draft, but I thought they made the most of those selections when they did have them. They took offensive tackle Broderick Jones in round one. Cornerback Joey Porter Jr. in the second gets to go play where his dad played and won a ring. Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, another second-round selection, the defensive lineman. Uh, in the third round, they took tight end Darnell Washington after his little bit of a slide. Uh, Nick Herbig, another Badger, the linebacker in the fourth round. Um, Corey Trice Jr., the corner, seventh round out of Purdue. And then Spencer Anderson, offensive lineman out of Maryland in the seventh as well. Yeah, I don't think the Packers probably had Joey Porter Jr. very high on their draft board unless by some miracle they decided they were going to start playing a little bit more press man. But other than Porter Jr., this is very much kind of what I expected the Packer draft cast class to look like going into draft weekend. I kind of thought Broderick Jones was very much in play at 13. We talked about Darnell Washington to Green Bay at nauseum. In fact, he was the player we landed on in our final mock draft when we did our 10 minutes on the clock exercise after we traded back into the late first round. Um, obviously, there were health and or character questions that helped him fall all the way to that third round. But with the Wisconsin connection, Keanu Benton was also another popular pick to the Packers in the second round. So the Packers, if their if their draft had gone something like this, I think Packers fans would have been pretty happy with those results. I think the Steelers hit a home run and got better in the trenches throughout this draft. 
adding Washington and Broderick Jones helps the running game, which was a big, big need. And getting Benton helps them up front on defense. He's already slotted in as a starter. So I think that tells you how much they needed an upgrade there. But I love this class for Pittsburgh, and I do think that there's a chance that they see a big impact from this group as early as year one. Yeah, this might actually be my favorite draft class that we've covered so far this offseason. Really, really love what they did in the first four rounds there. And so we take a look at their depth chart. And, of course, a lot of the offense is going to hinge on second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett and how he can do there. The Steelers made a really big investment in Mitch Trubisky as the backup, uh, paying him uh, close to starter money uh, to hang around. And then they also brought back Mason Rudolph. So really interesting there. A lot of depth Um, at running back. They have Najee Harris, of course, Jalen Warren, who looked really good at times last season. And then Anthony McFarland backing them up at wide receiver. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens form a pretty formidable duo. And now they add in Allen Robinson. Um, as well, uh, Miles Boykin, Hakeem Butler, Kelvin Austin, a little bit of depth there. And a tight end, Pat Fryermuth, is quietly becoming a really, really nice young tight end uh, for the Steelers team. Uh, the depth there, Zach Gentry, kind of a blocker first. And then Darnell Washington, of course, we know what he can do as a blocker. And then they're starting off at the line, should be much approved. Broderick Jones penciled in as starting left tackle. Isaac Ciamalo coming over from the Eagles. Mason Cole at center. James Daniels at right guard. And Chuk Akorafor at right tackle. That offensive line was a big problem uh, the last season, maybe last two seasons. And so that'll be helpful. It's a pretty good depth there, too. Dan Moore's a nice swing tackle, uh, as well as Nate Herbig and LaRaven Clark as free agents. Yeah, I'm right with you, with you, Andrew. I think my biggest takeaway from looking at this is the potential for that offensive line to be a lot better this year and in the future. They've got some young pieces there. Isaac Ciamalo was quietly the 10th best offensive guard in football last year for pro, pro, uh, pro football focus. There it is. And then, of course, they added Broderick Jones in the first round, who's already listed as the starting left tackle on the depth chart. James Daniel, a really good player, especially as a pass protector. Mason Cole was PFF's 12th best center last year. So they can get quality play from either a core four or LaRaven Clark on the right side of this offense. I think it could be a much improved group for Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris coming into the season. And flipping over to defense, the defensive line, pretty fun. Larry Ogunjobi, Keanu Benton as a rookie, looking to start a nose tackle. And then, of course, Cameron Hayward continues to be one of the best defensive linemen in football. Uh, not a ton of depth there. Isaiah Laudermilk has has a little bit of NFL experience. At edge, you have superhuman TJ Watt. Did you know the Packers could have drafted him at some point? <laughs> uh, and then uh, Alex Highsmith opposite of him, who seems to be coming into his own, backed up by Marcus Golden, Nick Herbig. Uh, at off-ball linebacker, they're going to go with Cole Holcomb and the Landon Roberts. That's a little underwhelming. Tanner Muse is a backup. Uh, and then at corner, we have Joey Porter Jr., Patrick Peterson. Uh, they are, uh, well, uh, Levi Wallace also kind of slotted in there. Uh, and then Chandon Sullivan, Corey Trice uh, as some depth. And then at safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, who is really fantastic. And then also DeMonte Kazee. Uh, Casey, I mean, uh, Keanu Neal as a backup there. Yeah, there's obviously a ton to like here when you look at the defense. Larry Ogunjobi was a really nice re-signing. I thought a front with him, Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, and then Keanu Benton at nose tackle is incredibly stout. 
lost Cameron Sutton and Terrell Edmonds in the secondary, but rookie second rounder Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace, I think, are a good fun tandem. Uh, Wallace had a nice first year in Pittsburgh um, after a stint with Buffalo for interceptions, which was behind only Minka Fitzpatrick on the team. And that's before, like you said, you add the additions of guys like Patrick Peterson, Chandon Sullivan, Corey Trice Jr. Um, if there's a hole in the defense, it's probably at that inside linebacker spot in the middle of the field. Um, Kyle listed all the free agents that they signed. Quite a few of them were inside linebackers, but Alandon Roberts is probably the best of that group and should be kind of their every down guy. So as we get into just our overall impressions of this roster, I, I think Pittsburgh did a nice job this offseason. I think they got better and put themselves in position to see if Kenny Pickett is going to be the long-term answer here. I think the key to beating the Steelers when the Packers play them is probably going to be getting pressure on Pickett. And I know I just got done saying I think that the Steelers' offensive line should be much better this coming season, and I definitely still think that. But I also think that the offensive tackles might be potentially a weak point that Green Bay could expose when the teams meet in Week 10. Broderick Jones will still be a rookie and might be facing a veteran group of Preston Smith, hopefully Rashawn Gary, and maybe even an emerging Lucas Patrick. Or Lucas Patrick. <laughs> He's not making the, the position switch. Lucas Van Ness, um, you know, com- hopefully coming into his own at that point. Uh, Akora Four and LaRaven Clark are probably the weak link on the offensive line, so they'll be tested as well on the right side. So I think Green Bay will face a good test in Pittsburgh, but by week 10, the offense might be clicking for Green Bay, and the key for the Packers coming away with a win, and this one could be pressure on the opposing quarterback, and especially if Rashawn is able to go. I feel like this is a battle that the Packers could be equipped to win. Yeah, I think this is a really good Steelers team, but they do tend to get a little bit overrated because of Mike Tomlin. He he always gets the benefit of the doubt, and, and rightfully so. He's such a, a really fantastic, consistent coach. This is a defense that can and should be amongst the top in the NFL, but I'm just not totally convinced the offense will be anything better than average. Maybe they will prove me wrong, um, but I just don't always see the sum of the parts equaling anything better than kind of middling. And I think they're still a fringe playoff team in the AFC. So I think this is a game where the Packers should come in as underdogs, especially in Pittsburgh. Um, But overall, when I'm evaluating this roster, I think it's really interesting to see where they are going to fall in the pecking order of Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, who are all really, really good teams. So I I think that AFC North is is a tough, uh, tough stretch for the Steelers, but I do think this is a good team. Yeah, I think calling the Steelers a potential wildcard team feels like the right metric there, the right measurement. I think their defense will be very good, but we also thought that the Packers defense would be really good in 2022. So tempering expectations probably important, although I do think that the Steelers will have a very good defense if the offense can put up some points. I think for sure this is an AFC North contender. AFC contender? jury's still out possibly maybe I think it'll depend a lot on that offense but as far as really competitive division in the AFC North like you said Andrew that's going to be a lot of fun this year absolutely so that is the preview for the Rams and the Steelers uh, but that is all the time that we have for today this has been the Packer Day Podcast you can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit you can find Maggie at Maggie J Loney and also on Pax, what she said, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can catch Kyle, Megan, and myself every Friday. Next week, we'll be back with previews for two 
AFC West opponents, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.